So, there's a lot in there today about teachers. So I have an assignment. Each of you, I'm not really going to make you do this, but imagine if your assignment was for each of you to pick one of these books to take home and read. Now there's a couple different examples here. There's, uh, there's something, this one looks here pretty meaty, pretty scholarly, so maybe one of you who has an intellectual mind might like that. This one looks kind of more like a Harold Robbins paperback, probably a, a light read. This one is what the kids today call a graphic novel, but which most of us know is a comic book. It's all just pictures made with Lego people, actually. It's a great book. But if you had to choose one of these books to take home and read, which one would you choose? Some of you may have guessed already, but they're actually all the same book. They're all Bibles. Every single one of these is a Bible from the good old King James version all the way to the brick Bible with Lego pictures. This is, there's a really great revelations in here. The eight-headed monster in Lego is, is awesome. Um, and if you have a really short attention span, this is the entire Bible in tweets. So each, each chapter of the Bible is condensed into 140 characters for you to digest it easily. And I think this is kind of a great sort of illustration of how we encounter Jesus. Right? Because we have this story today of, of Jesus asking this sort of fundamental question, who do people say that I am? And, and I think that this is a question that people still ask. Right? I think people are still attracted to Jesus. Right? I think Jesus is a fairly compelling figure. After 2,000 years, Jesus still interests people. People still wonder who is he? And the church has kind of been in the business for 2,000 years of answering that question, who is Jesus? We, we recite the Nicene Creed most Sundays, and, and that is basically a whole summary of who exactly Jesus is. Right? So the church has been in the easing, answering this question business for a long time. But I think that we would be wise to pay attention to what Peter says here because Peter has the right answer. Who am I? You're the Messiah. But he doesn't understand what his answer means. I think this should be really a moment for us to sort of bask in our humility. Because here's Jesus with Peter. Peter, the sort of the the primary disciple, the one who always wears his heart on his sleeve, the one who, who loves Jesus so much that he's going to jump out of a boat and try to walk across the water. And, but when he realizes what he's doing, of course, he sinks. And so, so Peter has this, this habit of being completely loyal and loving towards Jesus and still never quite figuring it out who he is. And, and I think for us in the church that, that this, is, this is a good reminder that, that Jesus is probably almost everything we imagine him to be and yet so much more. That there is more to Jesus than we can possibly ever comprehend. And, and the way we begin to meet Jesus, of course, is, 
is through the stories about him. And so I don't think it's any surprise that there are a thousand different ways of understanding and telling that story from, from Lego pictures to tweets to a very solid scholarly translation of the original languages. People want to know who Jesus is and people continually try to answer that question. He's the Messiah, but what does that mean for us that he is the Messiah? I heard in the paper the other day that uh, uh, Franklin Graham, the son of Billy Graham, um, said that the most important thing for a Christian is to, is to remember to be obedient and to follow the law, which I thought was a really curious answer since the person we follow, Jesus, was, was executed for treason. And so I think one of the problems that all of us have is that we, we bring our own selves into the answer to that question, just like Peter does, right? Because Peter hears what Jesus is up to. We're going to go to Jerusalem. It's going to be great when we get there. Things are going to go south really quick. I'm going to be arrested and killed. Oh, and then I'm going to raise up in three days. But I don't think Peter hears that last bit. He hears, we're going to go to Jerusalem. It's going to be great. It's going to get bad. I'm going to get killed. And Peter's like, no, that's a terrible thing. That's bad for me. I think that's what Peter's really saying. That doesn't really work for me, Jesus. I've given up everything to follow you. And I'm not going to go to Jerusalem to have it all squandered away because you're going to die. We have to do something different. And I think when all of us approach the scriptures, when we approach trying to answer that question for ourselves, who is Jesus for me? We focus a whole lot more on the me part than on the Jesus part. And I think the value of the community of church is that we all come together and we bring ourselves as, as we truly are, as we're truly welcomed. And we come together with all of our perspectives and hopefully, ideally, when all of us bring our own understandings of who Jesus is for us, somewhere in that collection, in that communal idea, we get somewhere closer to the truth. Because it's been my experience that when we think about who Jesus is, is that if we stop here, if the only Jesus we know is this Jesus in the book, then I don't know that we really know Jesus. We haven't really fully encountered Jesus. Because Jesus isn't a character in a novel. He's not Mr. Darcy. He's a living, breathing person. Even now, Jesus is a living and breathing person. That's what we mean by he was resurrected. He is alive somewhere, the place we call heaven. But Jesus isn't a character. He's a real person, present in our lives. And he's present mostly through the Holy Spirit, but he's present through each of us. That when we seek to follow Jesus and we, we model our lives on Jesus' example and we look at the stories that this scripture tells us and we begin to see what God is like and we model our lives on that, then we start to become Jesus to one another. Because when Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't leave behind a book. He left behind a group of friends. 
and we continue as those friends. That those friends told some people about Jesus, who told some people about Jesus, who told some more people about Jesus, who told those people about Jesus, until someone, sometime, told you about Jesus. This unbroken chain of relationships and community across millennia has brought you to the encounter with the living Christ. And so it's important that we are part of community because it's there that we actually encounter the living Christ in one another. And we get strength and confidence to go out into the world and to take in all of the things that we have received here, the, the, our worship and our community prayers and the stuff that we learn and the sacraments that we partake in. And we go out into the world and share it. That we come here to be filled so that we can go out there and be emptied. That the story of Jesus is the starting point. But it's the encounter with one another as the living Christ that matters the most. That our calling in this world is to be Jesus to this world. So they may know who he is, that they may understand his story. And not just in their heads, but in their hearts and more importantly, in their hands and their feet. None of us will ever fully comprehend the totality of God. We will never fully understand God's purposes. God is so far beyond our ability to, to wrap our minds around that it's amazing that we can think about God at all. But Jesus, who is fully God, and in his presence and person never differs from the other persons of the Trinity, that Jesus is holy God. He can't do anything that is contrary to God's will. And so Jesus, as the living person, is someone we can know and someone we can relate to and someone whose example we can follow. And though Jesus is also somewhat beyond our full understanding to be dead and alive, and yet... He is and continues to be a compelling figure. Someone inviting us into something new and better, something majestic, something wonderful, some great purpose and meaning in our lives to be his body in this world. Amen.